What is big? At UCF, being big provides options. Big creates opportunity, and Big offers more than 80 accredited online programs and certificates that fit your life no matter where you live. Ranked as one of the nation's top 15 online programs by U.S. News & World Report, UCF Online is more than just convenient, it's life-changing. To apply or search for degrees, visit ucf.edu online. From the University of Central Florida's Center for Distributed Learning, I'm Kelvin Thompson. And I'm Tom Cavanaugh. And you're listening to TopCast, the teaching online podcast. Hey, Tom. Hello, Kelvin. What's up? Uh, not much. We're, re- you're reaching for the mug here. Yeah, um, I figured I'd pour it. I didn't want to knock anything over. Jumping right into the coffee without any banter. What kind of a segue is that? Abrupt. Abrupt. <laughs> <laughs> Smells good. <laughs> yeah. All you, right. can, you can banter around it. I mean, what, you know, a little banter with your coffee? I mean, I don't yeah. know. Okay. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going <laughs> to proof it up here. All right. You do that. All right. So, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> what am I drinking? Well, Tom, today's coffee is a single origin Mexico Chiapas, roasted locally and brewed on site right here at. UCF at the Foxtail Coffee Company. In on our, site at UCF? On site okay. at UCF. S- brewed, not roasted. Roasted Winter Park. Gotcha. Brewed UCF. Okay. I thought this tasty coffee from close to home, but from the international stage, would be a good choice for today's episode. How's the coffee and how's the connection? Uh, the coffee's good, and I get the close to home, I think. Uh-huh. The international part, I'm a little stretched upon. All right. Okay. Well. I don't know. All right. Maybe well, I'm just not smart it, enough it, it'll for be, your... It'll become clearer in uh, in a few moments, hopefully. Okay. Maybe. I'll check in. I'll check back with you in a few minutes and see if it clears up any. Okay. Is well, that all right? Shall so, we introduce our in-studio guest? Yeah, okay. I was going to do that later, but okay, we can do it now. Sure. That's fine. Well... We ought to at least recognize the uh, whoa! Look the at person that person in the room. There's a guy. <laughs> let's address the elephant Another in the person room. In the room. Oh, yeah, there, there, there he is. is. Oh, there he is. Okay, there. So we are joined um, today by um, our internationally renowned UCF colleague, Dr. Chuck Jubin. Mm-hmm. Chuck's accolades are far too numerous to list in this very brief podcast. It takes parts two and parts three <laughs> to get to him, probably. But we will link to his bio and his many Google Scholar citations. I didn't know the H in the indices went that high. Yeah, he does have a very high H. I've looked it up. Yeah. Um, we'll do that in the show notes. Yes. So, however, we should state that in addition to being a groundbreaking evaluator and researcher in online and blended learning, Chuck has a long-standing history of studying educational impacts on underserved populations, which is going to be a topic of discussion today. Mm-hmm. He also should hold some kind of record for his long career at UCF. How long, Chuck? 49. 49 years. Huh. That's in, like, human years? <laughs> it's a prime number. <laughs> I knew it. There it is. There it is. We're talking about that. Yeah. Numerology. Yeah. Before we hit record. <laughs> or possibly math. So, yes. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Chuck has been invoked many times on the That's podcast yeah. in yeah. absentia. With no curse words? No. It's all positive. Glowing? Oh. Gentlemen, come, come. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, so, Chuck. Yeah, welcome to our here. abode here. Yeah. 
I'm glad. I'm glad to be here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just so interested in watching you two work. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that what we're doing? That's yeah. what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we must, you know, in full disclosure, yeah. state that Chuck is not drinking the Chiapas coffee, yeah. unfortunately. I noticed that. I was disappointed, I have to say. But he may have to, depending on this goes. Okay. <laughs> Chuck's drinking uh, what we call deconstructed coffee. Deconstructed. Yeah, yeah. Don't, we don't want to go there. Coffee, <laughs> coffee clear. Yeah, coffee clear. <laughs> Dairy da coffee. <laughs> there, there it is. Well, I mean, I guess to, to lead up a little bit, right? So in, in the past, our top cast episodes, we've addressed themes such as the Iron Triangle, a whole lot of that, yep. the access, affordability, and quality. Uh, we've done it a lot, but uh, as a call out, if you haven't heard any of those, I'll mention in particular episodes 10, 18, and 23. Yep. Uh, we've talked about new majority students, kind of broadly from the access perspective, like going deeper into the uh, access arm of the triangle. And I would mention uh, episodes 26 and 35, perhaps. And then we have had several topics broadly related to diversity and inclusion mm-hmm. topics. Episodes 8, 21, and 22 come to mind. But equity, especially especially the affordances of digital learning for equity is not a topic we've addressed directly in the past. So we thought we might do that. Yep. And who better than Chuck Jubin? Chuck Jubin. Yeah. The internationally known but close to home gotcha. Chuck Jubin. Now I got the international part. So near yet so far away. <laughs> some of the some of the work, Chuck, that you've been doing that we actually I don't think have talked about on the podcast. We've mostly mm-hmm. talked about your research and right. your evaluation work mm-hmm. um, through the research initiative for teaching effectiveness here. But um, they're always right. They're always right. You'll get it later. Uh, <laughs> One of my favorite jokes. Um, you've also been very involved, though, in in working with a former trustee of UCF um, on a uh, a project in a in an Orlando neighborhood called Tangela Park. Mm-hmm. And um, maybe maybe we'll use that as a jumping yeah, off part. Yeah, sure. Could you maybe uh, describe a little bit of what you and Mr. Harris Rosen have been working on there in in Tangela? Sure, I'd be glad to. Um, I think one of the things that we need to talk about at the beginning of this is when we do all of these kinds of things, all of our digital learning, all of our educational initiatives, what is the problem we're trying to solve? Hmm. I mean, the question you need to ask yourself, am I a solution looking for a problem? Mm -hmm. And this, sometimes we're accused of that, and I think we have to think about that. The problem is, in my perspective, is that if you grow up in the lowest economic quartile in this country, your chance of graduating from college is 10%. The odds against you graduating from college, if you're in that quartile, is 10 to 1 against. Um, that's unacceptable in my mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We are wasting millions of minds in this country for any number of kinds of reasons. So that's one of the problems. There's an interesting problem, too, that came up in the Wall Street Journal last week, that people who are 60 years of age are still paying off their college debts. Dang. Wow. To the tune of $86 billion. And with, now, a, with a buh. Well, yeah, with a duh. With a and... <laughs> They are pi- they are now picking up the debts of their children. Gosh. I mean, it's crippling. It is crippling. So that's kind of the problem. So 25 years ago, if you went to Tangelo Park, you would be upset. Because? Because there were drug dealers on the corner. There was crime rates going on. If you were staying at a hotel on International Drive... And the our, our really popular tourist district within, within Orlando. Tourist district. And the bellhop had the look. 
and you decided you needed a little something to feel better, <laughs> the bellhop would send you to Tangelo Park. That would be the underground uh, to Tangelo Park. Wow. They were on the corner. Bob Allen, the high school principal, would watch drug deals going down from his window, would have to police the playground every morning for paraphernalia and stolen cars, and he told the teachers to go home immediately after school every day. Tangela was a community in trouble. Mm-hmm. It was a, in, in trouble. So Harris Rosen at that time, who is a hotelier, mm-hmm. a tremendously successful hotelier in Orlando, mm-hmm. and very philanthropic, decided he wanted to, quote, give something back mm. to the community. So he called city commissioner, Mabel Butler, and said, I want to do this. I want to start an educational program. And she said, I'll be right over. She drove over to his office. They drove to Tangelo Park. And she said, you need to work here. Hmm. So he said, okay, I will do this. I will give college scholarships to every student who graduates from high school uh, in the state of Florida. And she said, that's not enough. Hmm. You have to begin education. So he said, how do I do that? He talked to Sarah Sprinkle, who was the early childhood expert in Orange County Schools, and she said, you need to start education at two years of age. So he said, okay, I will do that. And so he had a meeting with the people at the Baptist Church from Tangelo Park, and he said, I want to do this for your community. I want to give these scholarships, I want to begin education, and I will do it in perpetuity as long as the community exists, and I will work with you. Uh, and they said, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> what does he want? And someone raised their hand and said, you mean you're going to start a college education for my two-year-old, and I have to wait 18 years before the scholarship kicks in? He said, no, today the day any student in 1994 who graduates from Dr. Phillips High School has a college scholarship. Hmm. So the program began. Immediately. Immediately. Hmm. Immediately. Um, The first class got their scholarships. And the program has been running for 25 years. Wow. It is unique in many respects. There is no bureaucracy. Nobody gets paid. All decisions are made in a once a month community meeting. Nobody, there's no director. There is the director, but there's no organizational chart. Um, The financial report is Harris Rosen pays the bills, period. Hmm. That's it, funding is guaranteed. So it creates a completely different atmosphere from the I'm going to fund you for a three-year cycle. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. 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 I want to see an A, B Yeah, I want to see comparison. an A, B study in three years. <laughs> and doing so, so it started. Uh, it started. And the uh, community members are amazing. They are simply amazing people. They, they are committed. They've seen the change in the community. Um, I've made many mistakes evaluating Tangelo Park, but one of the things I should have done is gotten more evidence of what the community was like at the beginning. If hmm. you went to Tangelo Park today, you'd say, hmm, this is not bad, uh-huh. not bad at all. But you should have seen it 25 uh-huh. years ago uh-huh. in terms of what's happened. So with that, the program has been running for 25 years. The early childhood program is in home. The 10 community members have been certified as teachers. There are six students in homes. Uh, the out, the, the, the outcomes are amazing. The students are leaving the two-year-old program. Uh, when they leave, they enter kindergarten reading. It is amazing what has happened. Which is not how it started 25 years this ago. This is not how it started. We can segue to Paramore later, but students in Paramore come to the Rosen Preschool now not knowing what the color green is, not being able to recognize a triangle. Can you imagine what it would be mm-hmm. like to enter kindergarten with those kinds of definitions? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're, you're gone. You're lost forever. Yeah. So it's been going. So it's been, one one yeah, comment, just for just because I know the context and I'm thinking yeah. about the listeners. Yeah. Um, 
uh, Harris Rosen employs a lot of residents from Tangela Park, mm-hmm. and that was one of the driving factors, mm-hmm. um, and he wanted to make sure that his employees mm-hmm. were getting the best. Um, and, uh, and I think you made a comment about the state of Florida, but just to clarify that this is this is a, a program that be, that began and is sort of contained to the Tangelo Park community. Right. Right. Um, but you did mention Paramore, yes. so maybe that's a good segue. Yes. Um, yeah, so UCF why is, what's, yeah, there you go. Yeah, so what is Paramore for yeah. people who are not uh, in Orlando? Um, UCF is in the process, as we are recording this, of constructing a new downtown campus. It's, a, it's an amazing project. It's in partnership with Valencia. And it's in a uh, in a neighborhood right on the border of a neighborhood called Paramore, which has been a kind of historically socioeconomically depressed sort mm-hmm. of neighborhood, and it's had its challenges over the years. Um, and and one of the goals of locating the uh, the downtown campus uh, in that neighborhood is to partner with them mm-hmm. to to try to. Um, to you know, improve opportunities for the residents. There is a K through eight uh, community school literally across the street from the university campus so that those students can visually see college in their future from, from mm-hmm. across the street. Um, but there's a, there's a philanthropic component in there that, um, that is inspired by what was done at Tangelo. Correct. And Chuck has been in the center of some of these planning mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, committees and work groups and philanthropic grants from others, um, such as Helios. Um, mm-hmm. And so I wonder if maybe you could talk about that transition from Tangelo to what's going on in Paramore downtown. And just to say this, right, um, while there are some similarities, uh, both disadvantaged areas, geographically the, the two areas are separated by what, like maybe 10, 15 miles? Uh, uh, something of that nature, yeah. and their demographics are considerably different. Yeah. Uh, Tangelo is one way in, one way out. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are historically single-family homes mm-hmm. that were uh, originally um, intended for Lockheed Martin Marietta. They gentrified, and, and Tangelo became predominantly African-American. Oh. Uh, uh, Paramore is much different, very few single homes. It's downtown. Mm-hmm. It has had historically difficult problems over the years, and it, but ha- it has also a rich history. The early days of Paramore, it was a vibrant, vibrant community. Mm. Uh, it was self-sufficient, and it was really a marvelous kind uh-huh. of thing. But again, uh, the urban impact on yeah. Paramore has not been particularly um, favorable. Mm-hmm. What Harris Rosen did in Paramore, there are no single-family homes, so what he's able to do is he simply attached the school, a preschool to the ACE uh, school next mm-hmm. to it, and now there are like 24 classrooms there, which is completely funded by Paramore mm-hmm. and uh, Rosen. So, you know, that's that's another take on this kind of thing. So mm-hmm. both of these programs have, have started, and, and again, this is available free. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, to students, uh, to parents in Paramore. It's wonderful. And it's you've been studying it for a long time. Oh, and I have indeed. F- especially for Tangelo. I yeah. mean, you can categorically say that th- this has worked. It's had an impact. I would say it is stunning mm-hmm. in terms of that. But let me quote Hans Rowling. Wonderful. You know, he said, you can't describe the world without numbers, but you can't describe the world with numbers alone. Mm-hmm. And this is, a, this is, this is Tangelo. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you took a command... A community like Tangela Park, and you computed the expectations for college graduates of the 400 high school graduates that we have in Tangela Park over the years, the expectation would be 45 of them would graduate from college, 10%. Okay, mm-hmm. we have graduated 150 students from college in Tangela Park. The Tangela program increases the chance of graduating from college by 300%. Hmm. 
the expectation would be um, that uh, there would be very few college degrees. We pr produced 216 college degrees, associate degrees, uh, undergraduate degrees, and graduate degrees, mm. and it continues to grow. Uh, there's an alumni association operating. In Tangelo now, crime rate is down 78% from where it began. Wow. Uh, uh, Mayor Demings, formerly Sheriff Demings, calls it an oasis in mm. terms of what's happened. The economic value of the houses have gone up dramatically. Um, uh, the children who leave preschool are graduating. High school graduation rate is 100%. Mm. The result is nothing short than amazing. The expenditure in Tangelo over 25 years has been 20, oh, has been $13 million. That's a lot of money. Mm -hmm. But we had a return on investment study with the uh, University of Chicago economist, and his estimate was that the return on investment is seven to one. Hmm. For every one dollar invested in Tangelo, seven is returned to society. So the question is, what do you want? Mm -hmm. What else do you need to do to have other people in the world step up into Tangelo Park? Mm -hmm. So Harris Rosen is trying to do it, and we're doing it with UCF and Paramore. Mm -hmm. But what we know is, without a doubt, that the talent pool in our underserved communities is as deep as any gated community in this country. Mm -hmm. We have a responsibility in our university, in our community, um, in our agencies, and our foundations to replicate Tangelo everywhere across the country. So that's my piece. Yeah, well, that's um, that's amazing. Yeah, it's yeah. great, and it's it, one reason why we wanted to have you on here yeah. to talk about it. Because um, I've been I've been hearing about. It. I went to one of those community meetings one time. Right, right? Cool. Chuck's in invitation. Yeah. It was great. Um, when we think about the the kind of you talked about the color green and mm -hmm. um, you know students kind of s struggling, um, we've had internal discussions about the use of, of personalized mm -hmm. adaptive learning as a way to potentially level set some of those mm -hmm. you know asynchronous you know preparations that these students might have. Um, and I know we we haven't really done it yet, but we've mm -hmm. talked about it in these communities. I, I wonder if maybe you could comment on what you think the promise of that is. Think about what it's like to grow up in poverty. You know, it's a terrible taxation on your cognitive abilities. If you're growing up in a community like Tangelo, you're managing two part-time jobs, you're managing transportation, you're managing school, you're most likely managing parents, you've got financial problems, you've got transportation problems, you have to get to class. Uh, I heard a story from our dean of yeah, education yeah. here who said that um, they need a grocery store because it takes three bus transfers yeah. to get to the Publix over right. by Lake Eola, oh, if absolutely. you know, downtown. So what do you do? You do your shopping at a convenience store. Yeah, right. uh, so you have to do this. So you have to continually manage this thing. What, you, what you're doing is juggling your life. Mm -hmm. You know, people who live in poverty juggle their life continually. And then they come to a university like UCF where they have to get a Pell Grant and they can't get their books mm -hmm. for two weeks or three weeks because their Pell Grant hasn't come in. Tangelo students walk into the bookstore, pick up their books on mm. the first day. Paid for, done, yeah. done, okay? So then you've got to juggle all these kinds of things and you have to make these decisions. I've got to take care of grandma. I've got to take her to the clinic, but I have to go to class. Mm -hmm. What am I going to do? What's more important to me? Grandma. Mm -hmm. So I tunnel. Mm -hmm. What I simply do is I do what I have to do mm -hmm. and I miss a class. Unfortunately, when I miss a class the way they're structured now, I tend to get behind. Mm -hmm. If I miss two classes, the game is over. Mm -hmm. And the optimal decision is to drop the class. It is just too much to manage. And wouldn't it be nice if I had a situation like adaptive learning which personalizes this, mm -hmm. where I had 
many more degrees of freedom in which to approach my classwork. Mm -hmm. If I have to take grandma, my car breaks down. If I have to go to my job and I can't get to class, what if I have some options in terms of using adaptive learning? I can do it at night. I can do it on another day. Mm -hmm. I don't have to do it, so the assignment has to be in a week. This our system, in a way, doesn't work for the struggling poor. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work nearly as well for the struggling poor. Adaptive learning has some possibilities because it personalizes the experience, it gives students feedback, it gives them multiple opportunities to master the material. What do we know from adaptive learning? If you fix the amount of time someone has to learn, what they will learn will be the variable. Mm -hmm. How do I put it? If you put everyone in college algebra for one semester, what they learn will be the variable. Mm -hmm. There is no question. If what they learn is the constant, how long they're in school will be the variable. So this is why students in online learning ask me on surveys, why do we need semesters? Mm -hmm. And what is my answer? Because we have semesters. Yeah. <laughs> that is my answer in terms of doing So adaptive learning has some potential yeah. in terms of doing this. Uh, a bachelor's degree is worth two point seven million million to a person over their lifetime. It's enough to raise them out of poverty into mm -hmm the middle class. And potentially have generational impact. Oh, it does indeed. You know, what it does is we lose fact, sight of the fact that all of these kinds of happens. You graduate from high school, you, uh, you graduate from college, you make more money, but look what happens to the society. You become a college graduate, you participate in civic society, you pay taxes, you raise your children, you have an impact on this. We know that all of our students in Tangelo do not complete college, mm -hmm. but we have broken the cycle. It is much more likely that they have been to college and will see the value of that for their children. So these things are swirling around. Not only is it financially successful, it's beginning to change the society. So let me put you yeah. on the spot for a second, Chuck. I love so, the spot, Kelvin. It's yeah, it's wonderful. wonderful. <laughs> so we, we used the word equity at the beginning of the, mm. uh, of the show, and we said, um, and I guess I should unpack that a little bit. For instance, the Pell Institute for the Study of Opportunity in Higher Ed mm -hmm. operationalizes equity around the concept, quote, equal access to education, unquote, with respect to race, ethnicity, income, class, et cetera. You've been talking about some of those concepts. Absolutely. So would you say that adaptive learning specifically uh, and maybe digital learning more broadly really truly has a potential positive impact on addressing equity? There's another article in the Wall Street Journal about Pell Grants and a quote in there is, access without success is fairly hollow. Mm -hmm. uh, what we have to do is Adaptive learning is one of many things that we have to do. But think about what you do when you when students, we talked about this, Tom, you know, toxic scheduling. Mm -hmm. We wrap our arms around these students. You know, our, our, our many of our institutes, Wayne Jackson and the work that he's doing at UCF, wraps his round, arms around students and say, yeah. look, here's the way you succeed. Here are the ways that you succeed. And you know, success breeds success. You yeah. have one successful semester, it leads to another one. But, you know, and, and we've talked about this a lot. You know, we talk about uh, reimagining the first year experience in college. When does that begin? At two years of age. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's when yeah. the first year of yeah. uh, your college experience begins. And, and this, this is a marvelous program. And I can talk about other kinds of things in terms of frustrations, but adaptive learning offers all kinds of latitude for students, and we have to figure out how to scale it. I so, wonder if we could say a word about um, the digital divide, mm -hmm. which is an issue for for a lot of these communities, mm -hmm. and I have heard that um, um, 
that mobile learning is a potential um, a potential equalizer for the digital divide because mm. mobile devices are a lot more ubiquitous yeah. than than having you know traditional computers. Um, I don't know. I, it's not something that I've ever asked you before, Chuck. But I'll put you on the spot, and I, I will note, Chuck has been poured a cup of coffee. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see Chuck on caffeine. Chuck, Wouldn't that's that be like, Chuck, Chuck, Chuck wired. Yeah. Hold on to your hat. But mm. any thoughts on the idea of digital divide and mobile mm. as a potential, um, you know, way to ameliorate that? I had an interesting experience. Uh, uh, a student came up to me and said, why do you call it a mobile phone? Mm. It's just a phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when we think about this mobile right. kind of thing uh, in terms of, what is the learning mode? Uh, how do students learn? What is their access? Access mm-hmm. to information is critically important to this kind of thing. What, what, what do we use our mobile phones for? Mm-hmm. I use my mobile phone as my prosthetic memory mm-hmm. uh, 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 these days. Certainly it does, Tom, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. The more access to, to students have we, have, we have long past gone past the fact in universities where the library sequesters information. Mm -hmm. Information is the (laughs) most widely used and available resource in the world. Commoditized. Oh, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Mm -hmm. If you look at the G7 countries, Mm -hmm. 70% of all of their GDPs is based on information Mm. rather than goods and services. This is a tremendous this is a tremendous turnaround in what's happening in our thing. Mm-hmm. Of course it does, Tom. Anything we can do, put in the hands of these students to ha- let them have access to information and learning. We just have to do it. The question is for me is, can you learn everything in 10 minutes snippets? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure about that. Yeah. 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 What about, um, in our waning minutes here, what about when? what we might call now the traditional online and blended courses you talked about the semester structure but do you think given the the broad brushstrokes we've been talking about the big backdrop does online and blended have a potential positive impact on equity as well how could they not how could they not in terms of doing what the university needs to become is this this monstrous outreach institution that broadcasts education to every part of the world that's, you know, how can it not be part of that? You know, it, certainly it has to be, but um, Katrina Meyer wrote this great piece about metaphors and online learning, mm. and she ended it by saying, why do we have to call it online or blended mm-hmm. or adaptive? Why don't we just call it learning? Mm-hmm. Every time you hang a metaphor on it, mm-hmm. you constrain yourself. Yeah. And that's a little bit of what we've done in my yeah, judgment yeah. in terms mm-hmm. of doing that. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, actually, I agree. I think that the, um, the idea of... Um, of Making it more convenient, whether that's through blended or online, yeah. you know, without reducing rigor or quality, obviously, um, but it addresses some of those those scarcity issues that you were talking about. Right. That, you know, if a, if a student is faced with a decision, do I have to go to class yeah. or do I have to take care of grandma? I'm going to take care of grandma, which means I miss class. But if your class is online, right. When you're done taking care of grandma, you can get to your class. Precisely. And you hear it all the time from students. We, we had a wonderful video produced by our team here about one of our students mm. who, a um, uh, single mom working yep. two jobs, and um, she told me a story before we produced the video, which I wanted to make sure was included <laughs> in uh-huh. the video, yeah. about uh, a time where she took her daughter to the hospital. Yeah. And she, she had to sit with her in the hospital, but she had an assignment due. 
And she had her laptop and she was able to turn it in bedside in the hospital yeah. without, you know, having anything, you know, get in the way of her school. But yet she was able to be present for her daughter in a time of need. Um, I think that's sort of the, the equity yeah. uh, foundation behind um, online learning. Yeah, we'll stick a, a link to that video in the in the show notes online as well. That would um, probably be a, a good thing. Well, we, we, tend to, we tend to lose sight of what has transpired in our higher education and our education uh, community in general. We are all here talking about mobile and digital and mm-hmm. online and adaptive learning, and there's this kind of notion of that this has always been the way it is. Mm. No. Mm-hmm. It has not been the way it is. And we look at the world today and we see all of these terrible stories on the news about how bad things are in the mm-hmm. world. And Hans Rowling in his wonderful book, Facts from the said, look, if you look at the world 100 years ago, it is a lot better <laughs> than it was True. 100 years ago. Young women are going to school. Mm-hmm. Infant mortality rate is plummeting. Mm-hmm. You know, all kinds of good things are happening in the world. You know, slavery, you know, legal slavery yeah, is this right. just about disappeared. You have to get the right perspective on what's happening. We're on the horizon of an educational blooming in my, my estimation. The model of Tangelo, the model of Paramore proves without a doubt that educational capacity is evenly distributed in all of our demographic areas. Mm-hmm. We just have to figure out a way to bring it out. We have to do it. And the expenditures that we would place on this are well worth it. We have been spending our money poorly. Mm-hmm. We ne- need to be spending our mother money more, much more equitably in terms of these things. It's not mm-hmm. a bad place to stop. No, it's not a bad place to stop. And we ought to probably we, have Chuck back in. We could probably have we could, part two, yeah. part three. We should. We should. You know, there's more to talk about There's here. a lot of stuff we can talk Not just here, but, I mean, based on some of Chuck's research, and yeah. there's other things we can certainly talk about. I think we I think we, we had, like, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, yeah. seven, eight, a little uh, into the making of the sausage here, like eight bullet points we yeah. could have talked about. <laughs> we didn't we cover t- any of them. We touched, <laughs> we touched on one. Yeah. <laughs> we touched on one. That's right. By the uh, way, the coffee's amazing. There you go. That's good. Foxtail Coffee Company. Mm. There you go. Well, why don't I try to land this plane, put a button on the runway or <laughs> a bow? I don't know. A bow on it. Something. Yes. I don't know. Something or other. Well, the, the latest things happening with air, the airlines, probably not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. Let's put a just bow on it. Yeah, just land, on it. Just yeah. land that thing. Yeah. Uh, okay. So an important part of the access dimension of the Iron Triangle is ensuring equity and representation and success among all students, but new majority students especially. So we would say we might want to say we must look earnestly and honestly at the affordances and looking out for any possible constraints that digital learning, specifically adaptive learning, but maybe online and blended learning and maybe learning analytics, we've talked about that, brings to equity. I oh, and Chuck has one more Chuck thing. Chuck has he one, more thing. one more thing. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. As, long, as long as I'm talking about Tangelo, if you reach out to me and you want any of the information on outcomes from Tangelo mm-hmm. or any of the documentation okay. or you happen to be a multi-billionaire listening to this <laughs> and you would like our, our outline for replicating a Tangelo yeah, program yeah, yeah, or the good. press release or, you know or a billionaire, else, yeah. or you would like me to come and talk to your billionaire friends, I will be happy to do it. And if you know a billionaire, I will bring Harris Rosen with me. So we'll put your um, your contact info that would in, the, in the yes, show notes. That, but would, that would be great. You're uh, you're reachable at jubin at 
ucf.edu, I think, maybe. I am indeed. All right, yep, there you go. Jeremy. And if you want to know how to spell Jubin, just look it up on the show notes. That's <laughs> right. That's a good place for it. <laughs> so, hey, can I jump in with a plug yeah, please. before we wrap give, up? Give, plug us in. So, uh, we got a really nice email recently. New TopCast listener, Woo. Laura Morthland from SIU Carbondale. Oh, nice. Wrote yep. us recently and said, quote, I am binge listening my way backward in time uh, with TopCast and gaining confidence and interest as I go. TopCast is a source of joy as well as a learning mode for me. Source of joy. Thank you, Laura. Who'd have thunk that? Yeah. A source of joy. A source of joy. That's awesome. That's not bad. That's really good. So if you um, want to send us a note, we would love to hear from you too. Uh, feel free to write a review on Apple Podcasts or send a note to topcast at ucf.edu, and maybe you too will get a shout out. Yeah. Can I be the side man in your band? <laughs> <laughs> I think you're there, Chuck. You are the side I, man I, I in our band. I think you're there. <laughs> well, on that note. Thanks for joining us, yes, Dr. Juven. That's, we're glad to have you, and we'll, we'll bring you back. Yep. Until next time for TopCast, I'm Kelvin. And I'm Tom. See ya. See ya.